It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 664 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined today by Ben Funky Askren and back from his Mexican vacation... But back like I never left. Like he never left. J.D. Raider, he stole the hotel or the resort's robe. No. <laughs> no. Let's say, let's say a robe he's wearing. No, they gave this to me because they love me so much down there. So J.D.'s uh, maybe changed forever. I think that's how it goes. No, I, I talked it out with them. It's all good. It's okay. Ain't going to be no problems. So Ain't what hotel no was that? We're all amigos down there. All good. Okay. All right, how was so JD's your, number you... is 515-732. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, JD. So JD's back like he never left, except he's, you know, he's got a new persona, and that's okay. We've got, on, on the Flow Grappling team, we've got Hollywood Mike. Um, I don't know what your nickname would be. Mexico Mike. Mexico Mike, even though your name's <laughs> JD. It's fine. Um, Juan D. Raider, perhaps we'll call you that. There okay. we go. That could work. How was, your, how was your time in Mexico? You were missed. It was great, obviously. Was, obviously. Can't have a bad time down there. Okay. I've never been, I must say. Okay. Well, there's there's uh, quite a bit that's still happening. Um, I want to start because we're, one, tomorrow we're going to have a compliance officer on from Oklahoma State University. What? How cool is that? You made it happen? We made it happen. Shout out David Bray. Um, he, he, got, nice. he got it done. So he's going to be on tomorrow. Very excited okay. for that. Going to learn a lot about NIL and all that stuff. And hopefully, you got to figure this guy's got at least one AJ Ferrari story in the chamber, right? Yeah, well, I was going to say, maybe we don't want to pry too much with him. <laughs> just enough. Just a little bit. Because, you know, there's, there's enough. Um, but then also, I wanted to mention, so we, we've been discussing a bunch about, hey, Oklahoma and some of these states have such a tremendous leg up. Some states like New Jersey and others don't even have a plan of when this could come next. Uh, it is my understanding and belief that on Wednesday, the NCAA is going to come out with uh, a statement and their plan that's going to give basically blanket immunity to all programs. 
So it's this not going to. This is what I, I say. Why couldn't they do this? It's going to be are. like what you said. They're just not going to punish anybody, no matter the state. Yes. Yeah, that's simple. So it's simple. It makes sense, and it's what they're going to do. So that's fantastic because that that way you don't have you know school A like Oklahoma State. I'm sure Oklahoma State's yeah. like, well, that's kind so of annoying. But you know, no huge advantage state by state. I think it makes sense, and um, I'm I was glad to. Where we'll see the advantages now is the schools that have prepared and set themselves up with entire departments dedicated to this and specific uh, staff members and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, go ahead. Yes, I mean, this was my question last week, though, is why can't the uh, NCAA just wave their wand and boom, it's done. And now it feels like you're telling me that is what is going to happen. And then so it's like, is there even any state legislation that needs to happen or can they just wave their wand and then boom, it's done forever? I don't understand the need for state legislation after this. Yeah. Doesn't make sense, right? No, not to me, which, which is great. I don't think this is something that state legislatures need to be involved with anyways. Correct. Right. Just, yeah, I agree. Um, now I guess if they were being preemptive, Hey, if the NCAA is going to be screwy or crazy or punitive or restrictive of the athletes, the states were putting in their own hands to say, no, you're not going to be able to do this. So maybe they, in some way, you know, force the NCAA's hand. Either way, I think it's great progression and, and, and awesome news. Yeah, I love it. Let's do it. So that'll be good. Um, excited for that. So I think, you know, what's cool about this summer, you know, July 1st, I think we're going to start seeing these deals and seeing this stuff unfold before – before our eyes, so man, I, I think in wrestling it's going to be a few, a little bit less than maybe some college kids are assuming. Unfortunately, I don't think they'll be making as much money. Oh yeah, um, it'll be as, a, as they thought they were. It'll be a reality be. check for some of them. Uh, for some, it'll yeah. be a nice, uh, a nice payday. Uh, yes. So, sure. you know, one thing talking about this, how do you? How do we see NIL disrupting or impacting the, the current balance of power within college wrestling? Let's let's not look at college sports on the whole, but just college wrestling. How do we see it manifesting itself? What um, if we're talking about there's a blanket one? Then I, I don't really think at all. I think I kind of brought this up a couple weeks ago, um, and I said even if you're on a power program and you're the fourth biggest name, right. Or fourth most popular person. Um, I think they're kind of getting left behind. So, you know, that that's going to be kind of the equivalent to being a number one in a really smaller program. So I don't really see too much different difference with what's going on right now. I, I, that was my gut too. I, but I do think it is a separator because I do, now, to the degree, I don't know how much, but I think when you look at the Iowa's, the Penn State's, Oklahoma State's, Ohio State's, and the others, I think there's just they're about this far. I think it's going to be a little bit like this. They're going to move a little bit further apart. Well, but why do you think that? Okay, because here here's why I think that. So, all right, what well, and it kind of plays back to what Rob Cole was was talking about last week when he came on the show. He's like, man, you have to applaud Penn State because they get all these guys that they'll go there for less just to go to Penn state. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the way I see it manifesting itself is, Hey, yeah, you come, come to Penn state, Iowa, Oklahoma state, Ohio state for a a little less, but look, we have this program here. You we're we're going to help you make money on your name, image and likeness. And you're going to get some scholarship aid and 
you know, X, Y, and Z. And so it's just another way for them to compensate for the smaller scholarship allotment that they're going to give but, out. So how are they going to get the scholarship? Uh, sorry, how are they going to get the sponsorship money to their athletes, Christian? Like, how are you? Uh, so remember, I brought up the case where essentially the school and the athletes partner, and they say the school says our deal is this big. We're going to allot this much to the athletes. Um, so each athlete gets an extra little stipend. How are you? But I don't think at this point that that's legal. I think it will be at some point. How are you thinking that it's going to happen with, say, a Penn State? Okay. Well, well, hypothetically, I'm not saying that, that the, schools themse- the schools themselves are going to arrange the sponsorships. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they're going to say, listen, we're one of the biggest brands in college wrestling. Okay, there's a lot of uh, eyeballs. There's a lot that comes with being a starter here. And with that, you're going to get these sort of opportunities. Here's the programs we have in place to help you get your, you know, to understand how to profit off your name, image and likeness. You're going to be a star at Penn State. You're going to be a star at Iowa and you're going to be able to do X, Y and Z to make money off that. Right. So it's not that they're going to arrange it. It's that it's going to be another way for you to compensate. Does that make sense? Well, so well, no, I I think so. I and then to the counterpoint to that, I I kind of think a little bit the opposite is going. I mean, maybe for right, you're number one. So right now, number one in Iowa would be Spencer Lee. Number one in Oklahoma State would be AJ Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be the case, right? But that's a singular person, maybe a couple of them. Um, whereas at a smaller university, um, like in Mizzou, like I was a star across the board, not just not just for wrestling, but kind of across the board, and I think. Then if you look at even smaller schools than that or less successful athletic programs, some of these smaller Pennsylvania schools or, say, uh, Little Rock, right? Uh, they Chandler Rogers was just here and he was talking about how you know they're essentially the second most popular team on campus. Someone that's a star there can kind of uh, – where that, that person might get lost at, say, a Michigan or Ohio State or something because there's so many good basketball players and football players. So I think the, you know, the monetization – for say the number three, four, five guy on a major program versus the number one on a small program are going to be relatively equivalent. In in my opinion, it's a little bit of a charitable view of of how much money there is around these smaller programs. Missouri, first of all, Missouri is not in that bucket. Yeah, yeah, but um, it was fifteen years ago. Yes, true, true. Um, but but, but, it's a, not, but little... what do you mean by around the programs? So are you thinking these sponsorships are going to come within the community? Is that what you're saying, or? So I'm here. Here's here. Well, here's what I'll think about. I'm thinking I'm a wrestling apparel company, right? Um, and there's someone really successful from Little Rock. I'll say, hey man, you know, here's what we'll do. We'll, you know, we'll pay you a small stipend. I'll make a bunch of really cool shirts with your name on them, maybe some shorts. Um, and then you know we'll try to sell those on our website so you can send people there. And then we'll also maybe send you guys a whole bunch of costs that you can put in your team store or something to that effect, and you can take you know take the extra and so then because they're in that small program they're getting a lot of notoriety you know in that area and they sell a whole bunch of merchandise listen i'm not saying they're making much money but for a college kid they make five thousand dollars that's that's great to a college kid for sure yeah uh i'm maybe i'm just a little uh skeptical on well so whereas level of finance Okay, so then if I'm a, if I'm a major program, so I'm thinking, okay, so Rudis, for example, they buy the license to do Iowa gear. Okay, so here's here's something on Rudis. If I'm Rudis, I have to buy the license to make Iowa gear. So I'm going to probably pay. I'm paying someone for that license to make to do the Iowa brand. 
Okay, now if I have to pay an athlete on top of the Iowa brand, now I'm paying two people, right? And so for a Spencer Lee, I'm, I'm willing to do that. I will. I'll pay Spencer. I'll pay who's ever selling the license to me. We'll be great. Okay, maybe for uh, number two, Alex Marinelli. We'll do something similar. He's pretty popular also. But mm-hmm. we get down to number four on the list. How much more Iowa gear can I sell? Because if I to the to the Iowa fan, if I sell the Iowa shirt, regular Iowa shirt, I sell a Spencer Lee shirt, I sell Alex Marinelli shirt. How many damn Iowa shirts can one fan have? They can't. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's it's limited. They're gonna they're not gonna wear an Iowa shirt Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's so rare. To me, I just correlate the overall visibility you have to the school, the program, the community as your value, right? So I don't look at it as like. Yeah, for one particular company investing in one athlete, okay, yeah, maybe that's that's diminishing returns if they just say, okay, we get Spencer yeah. and Marinelli and Kimmer and Ironman. Uh, but I'm saying there's just going to be myriad. It's it's not going to be single threaded through one thing. It's like okay, maybe it's a it's a car dealership over here, or it's it's apparel over here, or it's you know but, one of them's a hunter. I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you. It, so obviously I've been doing sponsorship deals and getting them for the last hour, 20 years of my life. If a car dealership decides to sponsor an athlete and it's not like the number one guy, it's not the best quarterback or the best basketball player or Spencer Lee on the wrestling team, they're going to lose money on the deal and they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart just because it's charity, right? And some of these people, listen, they're making a lot of money. They're a rich person. They own a couple car dealerships. and They say, you know what? I really like uh, who someone's not very good. Uh, let's say it's good. Jacob Warner. Man, I really like the lady, ladies' man, Jacob Hold Warner. On. I, know, I know he's number seven. I know he's number seven on the popularity list, Iowa. I don't give a damn. That dude's a ladies' man. He loves ZZ Top. He's cool. I'm throwing him some cash. Like, they might do that, but they ain't making their money back on it, I'll tell you that much. Well, first of all, Jacob Warner's pretty dang good. Um, he is, but okay, on the Iowa popularity list, let's do it right now. Top 10. Iowa starters, what's their popularity list? Go one through ten. Go. I'll I'll do mine. Um, okay, we got Spencer Lee number one. You got Marinelli number two. You got DeSanto number three. Oh you got DeSanto's Kemmer. Two. Hold on. Kemmer number four. Uh you can make your list in a second. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We got Ironman number five. You got Big Tone number six. Warner number seven. Um, who's number eight? Number eight's gonna be Max Murin. Uh, number nine is going to be Caleb Young, and number 10 is going to be whoever they start at 184. There's my t- top 10. So, yeah, Warner's number seven. I was right. Yeah, that's, that's where do you go? Well, listen, the number seventh, mo- the, I guess my point is the seventh most popular person. There's wrestling, still more wrestling. eyeballs on them. There's still more. I, it's just bottom, the bottom line is eyeballs. But, guys, there's not. Guys, there's not because we're talking within that Iowa City community. Listen, if, if um, Little Tony's. For dealership, if they want to sign an athlete, Spencer Lee's going to go show up and sign some autographs for an hour. Casey's- They're not going to go down the list to number seven. Listen, do you see l- what I'm saying? I'm 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 about to I'm about to change the subject slightly, but Casey's Pizza should sponsor the Iowa heavyweight every year. <laughs> yeah, yes. they should. That's yeah, genius. Should. Listen, that's a freebie, I mean, Casey's. Yeah, this and and so. You. I don't think this would. Ha- I actually don't think this is going to happen for football. But like, like I'm saying, uh, because football, there's just a, a high, really high volume of people, and maybe it, I, I, number one, a really high volume of people, and number two, the most popular people are do have a whole bunch of commercial value to you know people. Um, 
But for wrestling programs, I mean, what we're talking about for a college, for a college athlete, an extra five to seven thousand dollars a year is like that. That's really life changing. I mean, college athletes are not making a lot of money. Not all of them come from wealthy families. That type of money is is really good. And so for a wealthy individual within the community who runs a business that says, you know what, I'm going to put up fifty thousand dollars and I'm going to have the whole Iowa team come out and I'm going to pay them all five grand, give them a check for Maybe they come out two autographs, one in the spring, one in the fall. They could do that. That's a that's a possibility. So if if college programs are are able to arrange something like that, now that that's where it could be the game changer. So I guess we'll we'll see how much of a CEO some of these head coaches are. Yeah, I'll say this, and Mint, we can move on. In my opinion, the fifth, sixth, or seventh most popular Iowa wrestler will have more um, value to a company than the most popular wrestler at a a Little Rock at a um, oh, I disagree strongly. Okay, this is this is good. All right, that's fine. Um, you you would probably know more than me, but that's just my opinion. Um, JD. Well, I, I, I gave you an example of how, who that you know if the, if they're if they're an Iowa fan or an Iowa company or they're going to go after the yeah, number I got one, that. two, or three first. Understood. And the, and the fans going to buy the the number one, two, and three shirt first. Also, the, I think on a national level, though, those Iowa guys are still just going to – Penn State guys are still just going to have, like, more of a following. They're going to have more Instagram followers than I, – I don't disagree. And not everything has to be limited to Iowa, Iowa University, the city of uh, of Iowa City. Well, I, I don't want to break this to you guys because I don't want to break this to you. I have 900,000 Instagram followers and, say, a college athlete. Let's see how many Max Murin has. Okay, let's do this real quick. Okay, we're comparing Ben uh, Askren to Max Murin right now. Okay, okay no, no, this I'm going to tell you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you is that you may say they may have more Instagram followers than X, Y, or Z, and the, the answer is yeah, that might be true. But for most of these guys, the, now the big stars, I'm not. I'm, you're correct. AJ Ferrari, Spencer Lee, Gable Stevenson, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But for the guys that got, I don't know, twenty thousand Instagram, ten thousand, it ain't worth much. It ain't worth much. They might be getting paid. Fifty, hundred bucks for a post. They might get some free swag for a post. It ain't gonna be a lot of money. I'm telling you that much. I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay. Um, okay. F- fun stuff. This is good. Uh, you know, last year we were talking about who knows what, just sadness, basically, <laughs> and hypothetical matches. Aaron's got six thousand one hundred forty-seven Instagram followers. Okay. Yes. Maybe you could. <laughs> maybe you could get a pet store sponsorship with his. Since he has that snake. <laughs> There you Mrs. go. In Iowa City. Um, um, yeah, what kind of – yeah, we should Google what's the biggest pet store. I'm uh, July 1st, that pet store needs to be knocking on Max Aaron's <laughs> door, bottom line. Okay. Um, so, Abdul Rashid Sajalayev was in action last week. He looked um, like a human. Now, before we get all excited, this is not – terribly unique for Sajalayev. While he is a, a destroyer and someone who d- dominates a lot of his matches, it's not unprecedented to see him have some some uh, close bouts. So before yes. you get off on a runaway train, which is a train I desire to be all aboard, I would love to conduct the train of Sajalayev is struggling and he's on he's the going way down. out. And, Sad- and Snyder's going to take him out. Um, I'm, I'm kind of throttling myself back to a degree. This so is the, hold on, Christian. The only really tight match I can recall him having, um, it was actually Bat- Batsyev who wrestled mm-hmm. him in this tournament, and I want to say it was like nine seven. Is kind of how I remember it. It was a very competitive match, and it was 
maybe three years ago. What other ones do you remember? So at Euro Finals, he had a 3-1 win over Hushtin of Belarus. Okay. Uh, he had a 3-0 over Gadziev of Azerbaijan in that tournament as well. Um, he had a 2-1 against Sharifov at Europeans in 92. Ooh, I don't remember that one. Yeah, 2018 Europeans. Um, so if they've happened before, there was that Batsyev match that you mentioned. Um, so it, it has happened, albeit it, it's rare. If you look at his 2020 Europeans, 8-2, no techs in five matches at the 2020 Europeans. Not one of them. Which is a little interesting, but, you know, none of them particularly close either. Um, so I don't want to make accusations here, but, you know, you've oh discussed this topic go. before. They might have done that gimmick where they lie about his birthday. Because... No, that's that to happen. That's like not that's not even like disputable anymore. That's that's a that's a fact. That's not even disputable. No, it's it's indisputable. They, there was a So how old is he really? I think he's I think he's really twenty seven. How old do they say he is? Twenty four? Twenty two? Twenty three? Something like sure. that. Um Abdul. I'll look right now. Uh Okay, so they're right now. They difference, say but they made his new birthday like the Russian Halloween Russian, or New Year, Vic, Russian Victory Day. They yeah. say he's twenty five. <laughs> I think he's twenty twenty eight or so. Yeah, maybe he's a little older. So you know, he's he's at the end of his career, he's slowing down a little bit. We think about early JB got a lot of tech falls. Later JB is you know wrestling a lot more competitive matches. They probably lied about his birthday by about I don't know three three to five years somewhere in there. Yeah, and now we're probably where we should be it's in the arc of his career. Yes, yes. Um, so, the other thing I wonder is is because I don't know this because I don't do these, but how how soon do they got to cycle off to get ready to pass some drug tests in Rio since they're actually gonna? I said Rio, oh my gosh, in Tokyo, so they so they can actually not get popped. Well, um, I don't know because um, we can't act like that didn't happen because when you saw that report on how many failed drug tests the Russian wrestling team actually had, it was relatively astronomical. Yes, it's it's high, but um, very you know, high. Think about how he looked at tw- at the twenty sixteen Olympic Games, where I would say they were under as much, if not more, scrutiny. Their their very presence in the uh, Olympics was in jeopardy that entire summer until they went there, and yeah, Russia was still very strong. He was wait twenty sixteen twenty seventeen. They did not have their best year though, so maybe they were off and they were you know on the. I mean, 2017 think? was we still we beat them by one match. Like for they were pretty good that year. Yeah, but they when were, you look at them compared to what they have been, um, it's definitely a little lower. Yes, Sajulayev to me, and we can pull up the uh, his first closest match with. Uh, Dude, this, Ivan is a hero for putting these things putting these things together. Well, these are all on YouTube. If you checked out Kozak's article, the the every match is on YouTube, so you can see. Oh. But this is nice. So he, he clipped it up. Mm-hmm. He clipped it up. Beautiful. Yeah. So uh, Live is in red, I believe. Um, has Sedgelive ever got thrown for four like this before? I, I watched this. Uh, yeah, this coming up he here. has. This is kind is of when he threw himself. He uh, yeah, he, uh, he was of, in danger. Yeah, he shouldn't have come up. Um, he shouldn't have come up. No. I love giving then, advice to one of the greatest <laughs> to ever do it. It's a really, it's a, it's a big. Uh, well, hindsight, show. hindsight advice is way easier. Yeah, that's that's when I really excel. All right, now here, there's a moment here. JD and I were de- debating, discussing: should this have been two for blue? Watch right here, right there. Boom. 
No, well, I no because he, it's just like a front head pinch or a gut wrench. Uh, Red is the one attempting the hold of the said. maneuver. So if he exposes, then so what? So go back one time, and I want you to watch Blues. His arm, you're saying arm. he pulls him? Yeah, he kind of like goes, whoa. Like, so I would think, weight on him. Yeah, I would think just like, um, you know, like, we'll just say a front head pinch or a, or a gut wrench. Um, if you're the defensive man in the maneuver and say the, the offensive guy exposes himself, um, you actually have to kind of like freeze them for a second to get credit for that, that points. You okay. know what I'm saying? Like if I go here and then I go right back, you're, you know, you, even though I exposed, you're not getting any points. If I go here and then you kind of come on top of me and you hold me there for a second and boom, and then I come back up, I think there's a decent chance you're getting two. Yeah. Yeah. Like get it for headlock. So that was the, I mean, you know, I think if I had seen two thrown up there, I wouldn't be totally shocked. I feel like there have been scenarios. I would think the refs are dumb dumbs. Okay. That. <laughs> I'll be offended. Maybe I just wanted points scored on Sajalayev. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what are your thoughts on, on this performance? I mean, some context. First competition in seven months? Something like that. That's a long time. But he, was, oh, he doesn't really like to wrestle all that much. And he was scheduled to wrestle... At, compete, I should say. Yeah, at uh, Sassari with the rest of the Russian Olympic team, but he allegedly got a cold, um, and so then wrestled. You know, what was this? Three weeks, two weeks later, here. Um, and got I, a lot tougher competition. They would have at Sassari. Yeah. Sassari had like nobody. I know. Yeah. Um, the leaves got really deep fields lots of times. To yeah. me, it's just him being a little out of shape. First competition back, probably not at his peak training cycle. Uh, and when he that had to kinda, score nine I, points, one, when he sorry. only had to score four, he scored four. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, I got scored on. Okay, I'll go score more points and then sit on that lead. That's uh, that's why I take away from it. Oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. I'm watching on I'm watching on Facebook, not on VMix. Sometimes I do both. Uh, <laughs> that double leg there, he really got caught on his heels. I was kind of surprised there. That was really yeah. He got ran through. Ball. Ran through, and I don't, I don't think we've ever seen that before. Sorry, Tyler, bad communication on my part. This one right here. Yeah, he really gets put on his heels. Boom! Right I there, mean, it's just like, yeah, that that looks like, ooh, wow, that was that, that, that so was more of an alarming moment than him getting forward. The four was just like sort of tactically, just sort of a strange thing. Yes, this was like, whoa! I mean, how many times have you seen him just kind of? I guess you could say blown through like that is um, almost never, almost well, never. Well, I like um, from American's perspective is he was definitely out of shape. Like, yeah. And yes. Kyle Snyder's path to victory against Sajjab, in my opinion, is to gas him out like he did in 2017. Yes. Oh yeah, for and sure. So what are we? A little more than a month, like five weeks away from Olympics, something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you can get in better shape in five weeks, but. Are you going to get in beat Kyle Snyder shape? Yeah, yeah. I mean you're not get, you're not going to get in freaking great shape because if you were if you were to train your balls off to get in that good of shape, um, you, you're you overtraining for injury, those five weeks. You're not going to peak, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's not. I mean, usually if if I'm really trying to peak for something, it's like I want to get in my maximum shape. You know, four to six weeks prior, and then the last you know four to six weeks is just keying in on the details and yeah, focusing on the technique aspects of it. Yep, that type of stuff. Yeah, so for for me, it's I do think that the the you know we have seen nothing but evidence or things that can kind of be anecdotal or not 
you feel like the field is not as removed from Snyder as we thought two months ago. Two months ago, Mohamedian is a nightmare matchup for Kyle Snyder that we do no. not want to see. And, Ad, and Sajulayev is just, you know, what we've always revered him as is the, the best walk in the planet right now. Um, he looked mortal here against guys that are not as good as Kyle Snyder. Um, he looked... Um, you know, not in great shape. I don't think he's all that big for 97. I think Snyder is no. all of 97 kilograms. And, you know, you factor in that. And then, you know, we said in previous shows, Mohammedian of Iran is not someone I am. I mean, listen, ideally, no, you don't want to be see a little nervous guy. about him. Yeah, you're nervous. It's bit. obviously a losable match. Snyder could lose to him. But I feel we like need I need to pay I, someone I, to make Mohammedian and Sajlai first round, Christian. Can we do that? Um, I'll look into it. Um, okay. But it doesn't seem like uh, we can do that. Um, okay. But, yeah, I mean, when, when you think about – I remember it was 2016 or 17. I, I was talking with, with Bill Zadick, and they were, you know, talking about how to, how to game plan for Sag Alive. And they're like, we have a hard time doing that because there's literally – at that point in time, there was like no video evidence of guys even getting to a lock. There was like an example of – like, you just couldn't even find how they were penetrating through his head-hands defense. He was yeah. so positionally ridiculous. Now I feel like, all right, there's a lot of little things that you can analyze and maybe you would get overexcited about and, and you know, draw conclusions that aren't there. But, you know, th- that was the, the the discussion back then in 2016 or 17. I can't remember the exact year. But yeah. to think now, it's like, okay, we've seen this guy get scored on in double legs. We've seen him thrown to his back. Um, but all, all of that kind of, I mean, a lot, a lot of kind of boils down to, you have to be able to stay in great enough position. You have to be able mm -hmm. to not get scored on early. You have to be able to get him tired, you know, put a pace on him and get him tired. Like a lot of it is predicated on that. It's not like, oh, you're just going to go shoot a high crotch and score on him, right? His positioning is outstanding or a doubling and scoring him. It's, we're going to put, we're going to put all these things together. Is that kind of a concept of it? This is good for younger athletes because my, a lot of my high school guys are, they struggle with this one. They want to know, like, how can I do this right away, right now? And it's like with Sedgelayev. Like, listen, if Kyle Snyder wins a 2-2 match against Sedgelayev, he can be pumped. He's going to have an Olympic gold medal. Yeah. He can win He he can win 2-2. Two two. Like, you have to have one scoring opportunity over the course of six minutes, and sometimes you have to be that disciplined. Sometimes scoring opportunities don't present themselves every 30 seconds or every 45 seconds. You have to be very, very disciplined and – you know, staying in position, maybe give a, a passivity point, maybe give a push out, but you're staying disciplined. And then in minute five, you get a little bit tired, boom, you penetrate on one attack, you score, and you're the freaking Olympic champion. I yeah. will say, I mean, that's, like, that's like how he won his Olympic title uh, in 16, Kyle Snyder. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, I think he won by, if it wasn't criteria, it was uh, a 2 1, 1 1 type of match. Yeah. Sajlayev did score a handful of times from the front head yes. um, position. Uh, so it seemed like that was like a point of emphasis or whatever. Like, But that makes me dangerous because like, like you were saying, you can't just go out and shoot. No, That's not how you're going to put your <clears throat> pace yeah. on Sajlayev. No. Yeah, it's got to be in the hand fight for sure. Um, yeah, so thinking, thinking about that and what – what also gives me confidence and, you know, a big theme of FRL is talking ourselves into USA gold medals. So let me let me just do that. I will always do that. What do we got now? Five? Well, yeah, five of five. Um, Gillen's going to get it done. Rocky, it's going to be like a Rocky-esque story, th fighting through the injury. Nice. But with Kyle, 
one thing that I like is Sag Lives basically, I think he's the best parterre offense in the world. Um, Kyle Dake could probably enter that chat, but um, we need to see him do that against the, the best of the best, um, like Sag Live has forever. But Kyle is really tough parterre. He is tough to turn. It's very, very rare to see him turn. I, um, I'm sure it's happened pr- previously to this, but the last time I can remember him getting gutted was the 16 trials when Varner went takedown to a gut, like right seamlessly. I don't think Sag Elias mm. turned, turned him parterre. Yeah, he put him on his back and pinned him, um, yeah. but it wasn't like a takedown and then let me get to my lock and run my feet type of thing. Hey, speaking of that turn that he did on Kyle Snyder and that was the 2018 World Finals, um, it's kind of interesting, interesting that he's trying to use that like underneath position because obviously he just tried using it in that match where we were talking about where he you know almost gave up the exposure that so we we called it a uh, a chest crusher back in Wisconsin where you hook the arms mm-hmm. he's really trying to like swim through there and use that position it's kind of like unique it's something that if any high school if I saw a high school do I say do this junk like what what do you do what are you even doing down there and uh, obviously you can't say that to the greatest wrestler in the world. Um, so I find that very unique that he's trying to score out of that position on a semi-regular basis. Yeah, it is. It is sort of strange. Um, but uh, all that figure being, something out. Yeah, he's figured something out there. He's uh the rules don't apply to the freaks and the goats, and uh, he's yes. he's definitely one, if not both, of those. Yep. Um, so we got some other news. Badgering looked good, got injured, but I saw on Instagram his coach said he's fine, no problem. He'll be what was good. Was it hamstring, you think? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think what? they got that specific about it. Well, so, yeah, because you can't see him, like, hold any specific part of his leg. But uh, are you going to – if we play this video right here, um, I, I don't really – think there's a possibility of a knee injury there because the leg is straight i think the real only possibility would be kind of a hamstring i don't know right. what else it would be what do you guys think I, I think we're trying to get this video up yeah i'm not sure jd what do you think yeah i mean probably it could have just been like a you know a cramp or something like that um no come on he ain't quitting the match because of a cramp this is bajran he's a savage well, maybe it was knee. What? Uh, Tyler, fast forward. Uh, yeah, fast forward to yeah, like ten hurt. seconds. Well, so I so it's essentially uh, the we call it world's best on a move cradle, and he goes kind of limp with his hip and straightens his leg, which is a defense that a lot of people use these days. Um, but it really, it really puts a lot of pressure on the back of your hamstring, which is that's why I was thinking hamstring. Here it is. The, knee is, the knee is locked out and straight here, so there's I don't really think there's a chance that it was the knee. Um, I think definitely more hamstring possible, maybe some type of hip. See how straight his leg is right there? Mm-hmm. So he straightens out his leg, takes over the top. Hip or hamstring, That I would be shocked if it was any type of knee injury or anything. Well, we love Bajrang. Hope he's all right. Um, I mean, it looks like he's holding his knee right there when he rolls out. But, yeah. But I, I just don't really foresee that being uh, a possible injury in that scenario. Yes. So, But his coach put out, hey, no problem. We'll be fine. Got great news on the medical report. So that's that's wonderful to hear because with no Americans in the field at 65, I know Bajrang will be who I'm 
I'm hoping wins. We're adopting Bajrang as hey, an American just, can, we, can we make him the official American uh, rep? You know, he trains at Cliff Keen sometimes. He's, you know, yeah. he's popular here. He wrestled on the, uh, he won the 150. We put, uh, okay, yeah. we put 25 grand in his pocket. You know, I think we can, we can uh, adopt Bajrang. Let's Y'all it. see the video of uh, Odegaro training with horses? Oh, yeah. snap. Does that, does that mean, is this your way of saying you're, you're supporting Odeguru over Bajrang? Uh, I'm not. You're not not saying I'm that? I'm not saying that. Okay. While we're pulling up horse training, um, other news, of which there is not much. <laughs> Gwiz to Spartan Combat slash Cornell. Um, he's going to train to Spartan Combat. He's joining the staff at Cornell. That was not, um, I didn't realize that aspect of it until... Um, Coach Gray reached out and said, hey, he's actually going to be a volunteer assistant as well at Cornell. So that's cool. Um, obviously, a sort of underrated, shocking kind of move. He's been at NC State. It's not shocking in that, you know, he's from, uh, I think it's pronounced New Dwayne, New Dwaynesburg, New York. Dwaynesburg? Dwaynesburg, New York. So he's kind of back to New York. He's been at NC State for for. Nine years, and it makes sense that he would want to start his coaching career. And maybe there's not a spot for him. I'm sure there's gonna be a spot for him at NC State if he said, "Hey, Pat, can you put me on staff, please?" But, um, you know, I think I think it makes sense, and um, it's a great get for for Cornell. I mean, to have that guy in the room, you've got Vito, you've got Yanni, you've got Dake, and now you've got Gwiz. It's a really salty group of yeah. senior level athletes. I know two of them are still like have several years of college. Now now get that first yeah. uh all American heavyweight. They still have not had <laughs> it. I mean they are you can't say they're not trying. Has Gwiz uh has he said I'm going through twenty twenty four? I don't recall him making a statement on how much longer he plans on competing. I don't know if he's gotten that specific, but listen, the writing's on the wall. It's like, yeah, maybe I can't beat Gable, but does that matter? Because he's gonna be gone. So I think yes. Gwiz sees the writing on the wall there. Now there's this guy in Michigan who may have something to say about it. But, you know, he's – I think the Gwiz-Mason conversation is really different from the Gwiz-Gable-Steveson conversation, right? And um, yes. I, I think that's that's a reason to stay – to hang around, right, to, to continue yeah. to train. And, um, you know, I, I don't like it when the guys who are like, well, I don't know if I can make the team, so I – so I'm done anyway. So even if Gable was sticking around, I would respect the move of him. You know, the the, the move the for wrestling to be where we want it to be, a, a reason to retire should never be I'm second in the country, right? That's not – got Well, but then we go back to the, the NIL discussion we're having. Um, superstars, it, there is a, a gigantic difference between number one and number two as far as sponsorship payments are going, RTC payments are going. Etc. Etc. Especially once you start dropping to three, four, five, and so I mean, hanging around in that position where you're not making any money and you're not the guy, um, there's other things you can do with your life. So I, I see where you're coming from for sure, but also adults gotta be adults to grow up and, and take care of their family, make money, get coaching jobs, etc. 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 No doubt. Yeah, in today's day and age, I think you can make you make quite a bit being an RTC or not quite a bit, but. Maybe more than being a volunteer assistant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what the RTCs are giving away, I, but I, I know the guys that are on top of the, the ladder are making way more than the guys who are a little bit down it. I mean, I, ideally for me, if we got a professional league and we got RTCs that are paying the number 10 guy a livable wage. Yes. Right. Ideally. 
Okay, uh, other news. Ray Blake to Bixby, Oklahoma. So now Oklahoma boasts two former prominent D1 assistants. I'm not just saying D1 assistant, prominent. Ray Blake was is prominent and instrumental at Stanford. And, and Ethan Kyle was instrumental at Wyoming. And now the state of Oklahoma has two guys coaching, uh, course, Coach Kyle at Stillwater, Coach Blake at Bixby now. Um, I, I think this is great for the state of Oklahoma. How did how does Bigsby pay Ray Blake enough to go? I mean, because it's not like he's even from there. He's from Chicago, I believe. Yes. Um, how did so? Ethan Kyle went to college in Stillwater, so you can see why he may want to go back there. How the heck is Bigsby paying him enough to go be the coach at Bigsby? I don't know. I they don't must know. have some boosters or something. Yeah, they got some boosters. They or is he some... a teacher also? I I would be surprised if he's teaching. You think he's just a high school wrestling coach? I think so. Why? How could they pay? In Wisconsin, they don't pay the high school coaches nothing. I don't know. I feel like in Christiansburg and Dresser was like, I think all he did was coach wrestling. Really? I'm pretty sure. And like, you know, run the Blue Demon Wrestling Club. We we need to get a few of those. Yeah, get get it up. Get the the level up, Ben. I don't think you can do that in Wisconsin. I think, I, I man, my understanding is it's illegal, but I don't know. Illegal to pay um, head co- wrestling coaches. I think there's a like a, a standard of what the high school coaches make. I, I believe I maybe I'm confused on the topic. Yeah, because um, well, you would just think if someone could do it, they would have done it. You know, maybe not with wrestling first, maybe with football or basketball first. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it happens. Yeah, I don't know. Couple of transfer nuggets. Uh, Matt Ramos to Purdue, and Quinn Kinner to Ryder. I think both these guys are impact transfers for, for both programs. Now, we're yeah, Ramos, sure. Schroeder's back. He is coming back so he, for one more year. So Matt is once again, I'm if he's a 25, which I'm assuming he is. Yes, um, he is small. He's small. So he'll be uh, redshirting or, or on the bench a year, but then he'll get to come back uh, and, and be the guy for Purdue. So that's a good get. And Quinn Kinner – Man, I love Quinn Kinner. The season he had, the the year he wrestled at 33 and 57, 57. he was a qualifier at 57, I believe, and wrestled at, he's going to be tough. If he's I think he's probably a 41 or maybe 49. I think this is this is great. Um they spelled Ryder wrong, so get that out of here. There we go. Um So that's uh that's a that's a good get for for Ryder. I think he's going to be super solid there. He's big guy. I don't know what happened at at Ohio State. Um I've still never gotten any clarity there, but so weird, right? How they were like, yeah, there's like nothing. It's like complete and utter silence. Isn't that strange? Yeah. I asked around and was uh, given no response, so I stopped asking. So weird, but yeah, so good for them. And the biggest, maybe the biggest news, the biggest piece of all, we are yet to mention: Rylan Rogers to Michigan. I didn't, I didn't foresee this coming. So uh, I guess I'll say suddenly. But I didn't think it was coming yet. I, I thought this would be a decision down the line. But huge get for Michigan. Um, he's a so he he's a junior, going to be senior, correct? Yes. Yes. Got it. No, one ninety seven. He projects at one ninety seven. Um, of course, he's from from or, or Oregon, and you know he was on a he, Washington or Washington, excuse Washington, me. Washington. Right. He had visited with uh, Oregon State. I know he was kind of looking around and. Um, so it's a it's a good gift for Coach Bormet and staff. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, 
we are we are cruising. We are cruising down the line. And Michigan's um they picked up Chance Lamer from Oregon too, so they're gonna tap it into that Pacific Northwest market. Wasn't the Chance Lamer a little bit wasn't it like a year ago or is that that's not brand new, is it? No, yeah, that's yeah. not brand new. Yeah, okay. Just more Got speaking it. to the theme of them recruiting yeah. nationally, the Pacific Northwest, which is you know, a, a a tough area for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, where to next? We've got some NCA official rules oh. changes. What? Ben, oh, I was pumped on. about this Jane Ironman thing, but I, I guess I, I skipped ahead. My bad. I went back to the. Uh, um, That's okay. We can go in whatever order we want. Um, it is okay. Jane Ironman. Jane Ironman. I Ooh. think he's seems like he's teasing July first. Um, I think he's advertising himself. Yeah, it's an Let's ad. Say, that's what you should do. Get get your hustle. Like, hey, I'm here. I'm, Too I'm bad gonna... he's fifth most popular on Iowa's team. Yeah, fifth most popular. But did you guys realize he could go? I, I didn't realize. So I looked at his graphic. Me either. Uh, fifth, fourth, third, second, first. Sunny. So Sunny Abe went four three two one. Um, I don't think anyone else has done that. And no one's had five chances of eligibility. So if he goes five, four, three, two, one, he'll be so legendary because he'll be the only person to ever be able to do that. Five, four, three, two, one is all time. The fact that he's went five, four, three, two is. I, I don't know no. what it is. It's insane. It's like Yasi. He should get first large not place. Yeah, he needs it. Yeah. If he wrestles at the NCAA tournament, he has to win. He has to win. Yeah. Well, it's going to be tough. You need to let him win. There's gonna be a lot of good guys in his in his weight class. Um, but yeah, that's really. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, realize Jason that Bryant either. corrected me. Larkin went four three two one. Okay, Jason Bryant, He's Barry so Larkin. <laughs> Eric Larkin, I see Eric Larkin at kids' tournaments. He's helping all of his kids are wrestling, and he's with uh, that Valiant Prep out of uh, Arizona. They're they're doing a good job. Yes. Um, so yeah, Jaden Ironman. So you think he's advertising himself? Um, which is what you should be doing. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see how this plays out. I wonder if we'll ever learn, like, you know, I don't want to be nosy or in people's business. You know, I don't ask you how much you make, Ben. Um, but, like, you know, it, it is going to be curious. Like, what are these kids actually able to pull in? Well, so the, <laughs> I mean, one of the things I was kind of bringing up, I, I don't want to say I brought up earlier, but it's like um, if you can find u- unique spaces too. Like, so for me – Crypto and disc golf are things that I was just interested in because I'm interested in. I have a following people, you know, from those communities. Um, Big weekend for banging change, Ben. Oh my gosh! Oh my, yeah, we're gonna get to that. But I'm my tournaments. <laughs> my tournaments two weeks and one day. Oh wait, no wait, two weeks from today. So I won't be on the show in two weeks because we're hosting the celeb pro am on my property. It's gonna be tremendous. You need to put um, in the paycom for the t- paid time off, Ben. PTO. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. But no, no, so if, if they can find, I mean, like the Max Murin, uh pet thing, that's kind of, you know, if if they can find like their own unique thing, those type of companies would be more likely to sponsor them. So, you know, maybe someone's got like, uh, they love doing uh, motorcycle races or something. Get a motorcycle company. So that's probably really dangerous. They probably shouldn't do that. I'm still trying to get uh, Steel yeah, to no sponsor motorcycle. me because I love chainsawing so much, but I can't, I can't get them on the hook. Really? Have Have you heard back? Do you need us to flex a little bit? Yeah. Use Use I, our, I, uh, our following. Yeah. Fun. Do you want JD to get involved here? Come in and save the day yet <laughs> I'll, again. I'll, man, I close uh, deals. Yeah, I'll help this, you out. This guy's deal. gonna make it happen for you. There we go. Love it. All right. So he'll get on the horn with Steel. Right. 
<laughs> Jay, who do you think Jay Nyerman wants to be sponsored by? That's uh, what I was what? thinking. Are we doing that thing tomorrow with the, about the NIL? We should do it Thursday because tomorrow we've got the compliance guy. Oh, yeah. I won't be here Thursday, unfortunately. The other thing I thought that might be fun, uh, we pushed it. Yeah. The other thing that would be fun, uh, Christian, maybe to pick out a handful of the best guys that we mentioned and figure out who the best sponsors for them are. So make like a list of who they should go after. Like, I think that could be a lot of fun also. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Like, uh, yeah, figure that, out the pet store in Iowa City for, for like Max Jayden Mirren. Like, no. a tattoo shop. Yeah, which tattoo <laughs> shop? Jaden Ironman would be a tattoo. So I know a lot of MMA fighters because MMA fighters love tattoos also. They get sponsored by tattoo shops because it's a great deal because it's free for the tattoo shop to sponsor because all they got to do is put a little tattoo on them. It doesn't actually cost them any money, uh, and the person's pumped because they got a free tattoo. Free tattoo, but it's a, it's a billboard? It's a, literally like... Johnny's Tattoo Shop well, on get, the tattoo? No, you, no, just get you don't get Johnny's you Tattoo say, Shop. I'll, you post on social media and say, thank you to X, Y, and Z Tattoo oh, Shop Jayden for the Cox awesome artwork. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. I yeah. thought you were saying they get a tattoo of the job. Like, oh my gosh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> oh like God. like the old MMA fights, like some of the first UFCs when they yes. would literally just have like a temporary Spray tattoo on, on their back. back. Yeah, temporary tattoo. That's great. I like oh the God. move of shooting your shot and and getting like Nike tattoos. Just All right, be like, Christian, I'm going to speak into much, existence. How much would you pay me to get uh, FRL tattooed on my arm? <laughs> Ooh, FRL? Come on. Mm. And I just right. do this every show. I don't know, but yeah, you got to wear You love tank tops, anyways. There we go. And you can Even wear them at least two months uh, out of the year in Wisconsin. So, um, yeah, I'll yeah, throw you a couple greenbacks. Couple, uh, All right. A couple uh, Andrew Jacksons. There we go. Good okay. deal. I love it. No, that would be fun. I would love to be like, maybe we could we could create, we could be the flow marketing department and we could say, here's who we're going to go after. If we're AJ Ferrari's marketing director, here's who we're going after. Gable Stevenson, here's who we're going after. Like if I'm AJ Ferrari, we're definitely uh, going after the Ferrari dealership. But if I'm Gable... I'm going to say, listen, I made, I made the Ford Focus a really popular name. I'm going to go over to the Ford Focus. And then I'm going to gift one to AJ Ferrari as a prank. And it's going to completely viral. And the Ford Focus will become the most popular car in America. I like that. That's a funny idea. <laughs> Imagine just having a big bow on a Ford Focus outside of AJ Ferrari's house. <laughs> and you know Ferrari would get pissed and come out and like try to flip it over or deadlift it or something. Yeah, he would, he would definitely try to deadlift it. <laughs> All right. So why don't – let's – yeah, let's talk about these rules really, really briefly. Um, okay. I mean, they're kind of big. They're pretty big. <laughs> I mean, the Josh Heil rule now exists uh, just a couple months too late for Josh, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so now they can correct timing errors instead of pretending there is no way to measure time on national TV. That's, that's great. Big, big yikes. Um, so that's not going to happen anymore, which is great. So they can go back and correct time. And now the uh, the overtime change is um, solidified two, whereas two minutes of sudden victory instead of one, and then one round of tiebreakers. And if there's no riding time advantage, then one minute sudden victory period. So if af- after the tiebreakers someone has more um, riding, riding time, time, you get out by one second, you win by uh, tiebreaking criteria. criteria. So folk style – Still has criteria, and it's going to happen. It's even sooner criteria. It's even sooner criteria. They just criteria. bumped that criteria up. They love the criteria. 
as much as get enough criteria. How do you guys feel about this? Do you feel like it changes anything? I feel I feel like absolutely. Um, okay, well here, here's what I'm gonna say. Where I feel like it changes is that there's no way you can. Some of these dudes they stall through that first minute period yes. because they, no they think they have a they have advantage on top bottom. You can't stall for two minutes, bro. You got to stall warning going to overtime, and you try to stall, you can get dinged again for sure. Benefits a neutral wrestler, which I think is great if you're, especially if you're going to go to tiebreakers are just one set potentially with with uh, just a sl- one second running time advantage would determine the match. You need to have on the front end of that since you're so punitive or so punitive of the inferior mat wrestler, you have to have something on the front end of that that makes it yeah. so you can't just stall that minute. Now. This is going to put a lot of pressure on officials, though, to call that stalling in overtime and decide the match. You're not going to be able to. I mean, uh, no, I, I don't, obviously no. you can't just run. No, you can't. You can't. You can't just run for two minutes. Well, yeah, obviously, and you can't two just run for uh, one minute. But you know, you can kind of play the game a little bit, and yada yada. It's so, it's going to be hard to call that stalling when you're at least kind of playing the game, but still stalling for two minutes, which you can't. But Officials aren't going to want to call that stalling. Uh, I agree. But the guys, are, the better neutral wrestlers are just going to get takedowns. That's what's going to yeah. happen. Um, you're not going to be able to stall. I don't know. I, I feel because like, I feel the like guys aren't going to go into it with that mentality of stalling it yes, out two minutes. They're, they're, they're going to go into it and be like, all right, I got to score a takedown. And they're going to yes. they're going to throw out the other scenarios and not try to yep. hold on for yep. um their, for riding time. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think it's good. Um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think we'll see ve- much fewer now. The heavyweight ones are where it's going to be a real a real banger. <laughs> but you'll only see one round of tiebreakers because those guys basically always get out. So the odds of them getting out at the exact same amount of time is very small. So that's good. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we we got multiple disc golf questions here, Ben. Because this this dude, thing... did you see this throw? I was watching it live, and oh my god, it was so freaking crazy! Yeah, have you I watched mean, it? What? Well, yeah, I've seen it. It's set, electric. Set it up. Yeah, so I'm watching it. My my. So I I got to be friends with Paul Macbeth, who's the uh, best oh, wow. golf in the world. Here we go. He's uh he's he's seconds from winning his second. He's strokes from winning his sixth world title. Uh, he goes into the last hole with a one-stroke lead. Um, he then has a great tee shot. The other guy has a really terrible tee shot. So the other guy has to kind of lay up. So so then Paul essentially lays up. He's guaranteed a four. The other guy is a, he's like three hundred feet away. I think it was two. I think it was two seventy two eighty to be exact. Uh, he's very very far away. And you know Amy's watching with me. She's like, "Can this guy make it?" I'm like, "Dude." Like, you realize how far away he is? And then on top of being far away, it wasn't like it was a direct shot. It was a large Anheuser shot, which means it bends back to the right opposite the natural throwing motion. He's got to go up and around this tree. And, uh, dude, he cashed it from, like, 270 to put it. And so that was to put it into a playoff. So then he got a three. Paul then got a four. They went to the playoff, and he won on the first playoff hole. But, I mean – like this was not an easy shot. It was from very far away. It was l- the last stroke of the tournament to send it to overtime. I mean, it was just an insane moment. That is, it was, yeah, it's pretty nuts. If you haven't seen the shot, we could probably show it if we wanted to. But, yeah, uh, we probably could. Oh my gosh, it was the crazy. Crowd was electric. And it, oh my gosh, they yeah, were the nuts. Crowd, the crowd went nuts. Seriously. I mean, how do you not freak out? Um, it's funny. I have 
uh, my brother's like really into disc golf now, and my, my yeah, my buddy Jerry both sent it to me immediately, and I saw your tweet about it. I was like, holy cow, this oh is, my gosh, it's insane. Um, yeah, and the thing about the crowd too is that there were likely a lot of disc golfers in the crowd, and so man, w- when you seen the line, you were like, oh, oh my god, this is gonna go in. Like you see the line yeah. he's playing, you're like, oh crap, oh it's got a chance. And yep. so, like, everyone's kind of anticipating. And the second it hits chains, the crowd goes nuts. It, yeah, it was wild. Here we go. There it is. Still in there. Oh, no way! Oh, so I was, I was so, uh, like, enthralled and then so sick. That, you know, I obviously wanted Paul to win. Um, and this sends it overtime. But at the same time, it was just like this, this moment where it's like, oh, my – that freaking happened on the last shot of the tournament. It was just, yeah, so What's crazy. the name of the dude that made it? Paul the, Conrad? James Conrad. James Conrad. He looks exactly like how I would picture a professional disc I know. Golfer. I was like, oh, <laughs> my God. Dude, because a lot of them look like pretty – some of them are like brotastic. Yeah. And then some of them are like – Like, that, like the details. granola oh, eaters, yeah. right? So I was, I'm wondering what disc golf thinks about that. You're, I, you're I bet canceled they would, for calling them granola eaters. Am I? Is that is that offensive? I, do you tell me that guy doesn't I'm like so, granola? I'm, I'm so I'm so offended. Yeah, yeah, you would be. Um, so I, I I feel like disc golf's really having a moment right now. Like over the last year, like just some real momentum behind it. It's yeah, kind of well, I got a lot of momentum because obviously uh, the, I, I know the disc sales in the last year went crazy because I mean during Corona it was something you could go do by yourself without people around you. Right outside, yeah. it was so it was a great opportunity because a lot of other things were canceled. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll give you my my thirty second sales pitch. You ready for this, Christian? It's great because it, it's free. Yeah, that's that's great. You don't have to have Honestly, a tee time like regular golf. It takes you sixty to ninety minutes to play, depending on your skill level, which is also great. And then a whole set. So if I were to say, hey, Christian, you should go play disc golf, I would recommend you buy three or four discs. That's going to cost you 50 to 60 bucks. So if we're comparing it to real golf, real golf, you're going to spend maybe $1,000 on a real set. Um, number two, you're going to need a tee time, and it's going to be expensive to play. Um, I don't know. I would do disc golf over real golf any day of the week. I, anyone who argues for real golf is a dumb-dumb, and they're, they're, uh, they don't really see the bigger picture. <laughs> There you go. I mean, it is fun. And you get to it be out on a walk in the park. Yeah, it's good. Great. It, it is. Um, I see the appeal. Take your kids. Yeah, Caleb loves it. He thinks it's so fun. Um, so fun. All right. Is that is that throw and whole 18 one of the most clutch moment in the history of sports? Uh, so I feel like I, I feel like for, for disc golf, it's probably the n- number one for sure. Um, and as far as Overall, you know, for real, for other sports, it feels like, you know, disc golf is still this kind of small thing when you compare it to right. the following of other sports. So it's, you know, most people scoff at putting it on the same level as some of these other iconic moments that have happened in, in basketball or football or baseball or whatever. Um, but if you want to take away the popularity sake and, and, you know, these moments become moments because everyone's watching them and we can share in them together. Do you know what I'm saying? When there's yeah. 60 million people, everyone everyone remembers where they were when X, Y, or Z happened because there's 70 million people in America watching the Super Bowl. Um, so with this, obviously, you're not going to have nearly that same effect. So you kind of, uh, I don't want to say dwarf it a little bit, but you do. But as far as like, I don't know how you make it more clutch. It's the last freaking shot of the tournament. 
It's for the world championship. Um, and you're, you're a freaking, I mean, you're so far away. You're almost 300 feet away. Making, making that shot is, I don't want to say like one in a hundred, but it's Close. probably one in a hundred. Yeah. And what people want to know your putter of choice. And then we'll stop talking about disc golf. I love disc golf. We could talk about this. I really enjoy disc golf so much. We could talk about it all day long and I would not be sad. Um, Let's see. I would say I really like the Luna a lot. So the Luna has a little more uh, stability. So I like that. And then I like the Soul also. And the Soul is uh, a little understable. Um, so uh, th- those are the two. I use both of them depending on the situation. You're a little understable. <laughs> All right. From, <laughs> That's from, fair. From Jet Lag Ben. Uh, if I were to tell you Mark Hall's senior year of high school, he was, parentheses, only a one-time NCAA champ, would you say that was an underperformance? Um, I hate this question. I, yeah, Whoa. I kind of do too. I think. No, well, I hate when anybody well, brings up this. Well, like, it's not. It's also not fair because he didn't have a senior year, and there's a definite chance he would have won the second. But it's like any time anybody is an NCAA champion. No. Yeah, I I don't. I think, don't see why it's I, not a fair question, think... guys. If if it, it's really easy, if you take a guy when they're a senior in high school. And I, I'm not telling you what your answer has to be. You take a guy senior your high school and you say, here's what I think this guy's likely to accomplish. And then you take the guy, the senior college, and you say, this is what he did accomplish. Is it more or less than you thought? Isn't that simple? Um, well, how the much word it was underperformance. Yeah. Well, that's what it would be. And listen, no. this is, uh, this is, no, no, don't, I'm going to get fired up. Listen, I'm not valuing their performance as them as a human being, right? I'm not tying that to them. They could be a great damn person. But at the end of the day, we are going to have, uh, if we want to put a numerical value a bad on, person. we're going to have it. Well, you, you're saying he, I mean, you you guys don't want to say this because Mark Call seems to be, I don't really know him, seems to be an outstanding individual. Yep. And you feel bad saying that he was a letdown. But if we want to put a numerical value on what we thought he was going to accomplish at one time, and then we can put a numerical value on it at the other time, one is either more or less. It's either under, underperformance or overperformance. It's going to be very, very seldom that you have someone that's exactly where you thought they were going to be. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't think you guys should have to feel bad saying, yeah, I thought Mark Hall was going to win more than one state titles. And why I don't think the question is fair is because he didn't get the opportunity to win in his senior year because I think there's a good chance he would have. And at two, I think at two we're saying, yeah, two's, two's, maybe, you know, two's a fair number. That's probably somewhere where I would have put it. What if them. I told you he was if a three-time you... NSA finalist Yeah, and didn't get an opportunity? Well, I, I, I'm bringing that argument up. Yeah. So I, 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 think, two's, I think if you said – I think, yes, here's what I – listen, I think if you took a poll, Mark Hall Senior High School, and you said how many titles is this guy going to win, I think the, the general answer would have been greater than one. I think one or zero would have been a, a significantly less likely possibility. I I think he did not underperform. I don't think his career was an underperformance okay. with w- the one title he won. And I think you look at the guys he beat and the guys that he lost to. It's it's a it's a pretty impressive list, right? He throw out some some aspects of his freshman year because it was you know part of it was in redshirt and he had the debut at Carver Hawkeye with Alex Meyer, but he avenged a lot of that and he ended up winning his true freshman year. Then he. Goes back and forth. He beats Zahid, and then he loses to Zahid, mm-hmm. and he beats Zahid. So he goes back and forth with a, another guy that was on a, a legendary yeah. trajectory, 
right, who didn't get his senior year for different reasons, but would have been the same reason. And then he uh, loses to Kemmer, and then he avenges at 8-5 at Big Tens, and he's likely going to win. I, I think I, – I don't think this is a – I won't say it's an unfair question to just to ask about any wrestler in particular, but I think this particular instance is unfair for the – other aspects around it. He didn't get to wrestle in NCAAs his senior year is, is one of them. Another one is like you're just – you are just correlating success with winning the thing when this guy was in the finals every year, right? So I just don't – I don't I don't really like the question um, oh, for, for that reason because I think it, it's – No, no, no. It's not, it's not about um, – I, I think he's willfully ignoring aspects of his career. To, okay, well, let's, to, let's look to at the whole thing. Let's, 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 let's ask it's a like better question, Christian. Mark let's Hall look at a be- to and also, insert random NCAA champion. Yeah, man, let's, okay, I'm, I'm going to re-ask the question. And you know you know, I say, like, don't tie your ego to your outcome, right? So uh, is Mark Hall's college career better or worse than you would have expected it? And I will answer first. I think it's right about on par because, as you guys are pointing out, he was on in two NCAA finals. He won one. He probably would have won the last one. Um, I think that there was a definite possibility that he would have been like an all-timer going to win four NCAA titles, especially after he won as a true freshman. I think we all saw that as a possibility. And I and I do think the area where he – I would say he underperformed um, – would be given the amount of freestyle success he had in high school. Uh, I thought he was going to have more moving forward. I thought he was a guy who was going to make senior level world teams. I think you guys, if you do, if you don't think that, you were probably disingenuous. And now I think he's definitely on the outside looking in to make a senior world team anywhere in the foreseeable future. That I d- I don't disagree with that. I think size is a factor a little bit in that and. He, maybe he was just a little – I think he was ahead of his time at 74 um, when he was making – I mean, you look at some of the gauntlets he ran to make junior junior world teams. He had – man, it was like Nolf, Chinzo, Joe Smith when Joe was Joe, um, Chance Marsteller, on and on and on. He had to beat so many good guys to make those teams. Um, but I think that's part of it. I think part of it was he created – out of whack expectations for himself with his freestyle success, where he was he was a incredible. Why is he out of whack? He was freaking outstanding, and okay. I mean, so like like okay, let's take someone similar. Well, hold on, Kyle. Sn- hold on, no, hold on. Double hold Kyle on. Snyder had <laughs> Kyle Snyder had similar Kyle, age level Kyle success. Snyder. Always with the scenarios. Kyle Snyder had similar age level success while in high school. And then he look what he went on to do, okay. And so, like you were thinking that there's there's a possibility that Mark Hall does the same thing or something similar. Are we not thinking that? Maybe, maybe. But I guess my point is, Mark's incredible freestyle results made people expect that in folk style, and he's not the same kind of scorer in folk style that he is in freestyle. He's very dynamic. He could get a lot of counter scores defensively. He was really good on top parterre. He was not as good or dominant on top in folk style. So he yes, had j- okay. So answer the damn whereas, question. Where, well, I'm stalling. Working, I'm working. On, I'm not stalling. You're creating all these all these hypotheticals. Uh, Kyle was winning 
basically on takedowns, right? So you have to look at the stylistic differences. What's your actual? What is even your question? What's the question? Just because Kyle Snyder was good at freestyle, did Mark Hall underperform or overperform based on what you would have thought as when he was a senior in high school? That's the question. Answer it. I feel like you're about to ask me if I ordered the code red. I'm about to call you for stalling again. Answer the uh, question. No, I don't think he underperformed. I think he performed on. I think he performed excellently relative to what he did. I think people may have inappropriately placed expectations based on freestyle stuff, which was not as necessarily relevant to the conversation. Which is how's he going to perform folk style? So what? What about what I brought up? I said folk style. I That's it was different. On that, and okay, that but is... so what? answer the second question. What about freestyle? Did you think his freestyle results would be better or worse than, than they are? Those I thought would be better. Okay. So that fair. I agree with. But this is this was asking about NCAA championships. This wasn't asking about world teams. I thought this – I thought when, when I was thinking about Mark Hall, I said this is the guy in line to replace Jordan Burroughs when the time comes. That's yeah. what I thought. I and jo- Jordan was alluding to that then. Right, um, yes. I think people saw that coming. Now, a couple things happened. He outgrew seventy four, and he was at seventy nine. And then Zahid is kind of like wound up being this like real Achilles heel for for Mark, which I think that co- coming in, I didn't know that that would be the case. I thought they were a little closer than they wound up being. Now he still took two matches from him. You can't you can't discount that, but. Um, now he's at 86, full, fully committed to 86, and I don't see the path to the, to the team at 86 in America. Um, no. Not not as long as Zahid's still wrestling. I mean, and of course, David Taylor, um, the, the biggest name of them all. With the rise of the success of USA Wrestling as a whole, I think people need to taper back their expectations yes. for your Why are people allowed to have expectations, dominance. J.D.? You're acting like people can't have expectations. No, because I'm saying you're going to have a guy like bullshit. Mark Hall I want to have expectations. No, you're going to have guys like Mark Hall and Zahid that one is going to bump the other out of the way, and they're going to keep another person out because there are so many good guys. We're getting multiple age-level world medalists now that are going to be at the same weight. Okay, so why can't I have So, like, Jordan Burroughs didn't make a team this year. Yeah. A senior team this year. Okay, but why can't I have ex- – we don't have to have one-year expectations. I'm talking about if, if I'm watching – I mean, guys, whether you want to admit you do this or not, and you guys actually write articles on this, so you guys might as well just admit that you do it. When a kid is coming along, the entire time, when a kid's a freshman, when a kid's a sophomore, and I actually hate that people do it. I think people do it significantly too early. Like, they're doing it when a kid's – a seventh grader eighth grader or ninth grader and they're saying oh my god this kid is so good look what he's giving him look you guys did it with uh freaking bo bassett last week right or a couple weeks ago um it is inherent people love precocity people love it when people are good early and they want to make expectations of what people are going to be later i think all those times are too early but i think when a kid is a senior in high school it is fair it is very fair to say whether you do it in your mind or whether you do it on paper or whether you do it on a video like we're doing right now, here is what my expectations of what that person is going to be, okay? And if I make expectations, they're going to underperform or they're going to overperform. Now, listen, just because they are not, they don't have great wrestling results, and obviously Mark calls out the case because he does have great wrestling results, pick someone else. Just because they don't have great wrestling results, there could be a lot of reasons. They could have an injury. They could want to be a doctor and just spend too much time studying. There's 20 other reasons. And they underperform. So what? We're making a statement. They underperform. 
but to act like we don't actually have expectations that know what they are very, very clearly is disingenuous. Well, why? Who's who said they didn't have expectations? I just said he met JD, my expectations in no folk expectations. style, and I said he didn't. I I expected him to have performed better in freestyle. I don't think there's. I think you're. Just JD kind of, was saying no. He said, no he was I saying, I'm just saying. Why, when there's so many good kids, why can we put expectations on them? Or no, I'm, no, that's okay, not what he said. Put expectations. I'm just saying, keep those expectations maybe a little mild. Don't say this guy's going to be a four-time NCAA champion. Say he's going to be a NCAA champion. But it ain't don't say this fun. kid's going to be that's a world no champion. Say he's going to make a world that. team. We don't want to do that. We want to say that guy's going to be the greatest of all time. That guy could be a four-time NCAA champion. That's what we want to do. And why can't we do we it? That's what we want to do. Don't tell me I can't put expectations on someone if I don't want to. No, now, listen, okay. well, you can I'm put not going to go tell that I'm kid. I'm just saying it's so hard to win one NCAA kid. title, let alone four. He's calibrating Duh. it. He's not saying don't put he's expectations. Being a wimp. No, he's not. I think what he's yeah. saying is. I'm not saying them for myself. I'm saying for someone else. You're being soft. You know a few four time NCAA champions there are? Listen, I'm not going to go up and tell the person, like, listen, here's what I expect out of you. And if you if you don't do this, uh, you're going you're gonna to let me down big time. I ain't going to say that. And you know what? For 99.9% of them, they just say, listen, Ben, I don't give a damn what you think I'm going to do. It's not really relevant to me. That's what they should say to me. Okay? I agree. But to act like no I don't have expectations no of what someone can, someone can accomplish to, uh, to, ex uh, to uh, you know, that, it's and crazy. to say what somebody yes. could accomplish, like if you said this guy could accomplish that, that's his ceiling, that I'm fine with. But to say I expect this person to win Why can't three or we? four titles. Because there are other good wrestlers. If this guy's a four-time NCAA champion, this other guy can't be a four-time NCAA champion because that one, two, three, four years, they're going to be at the same weight, stuff like that. Sometimes Omar Call is going to run into his Zahid. They can't both be four-time NCAA champions. Okay. It's, Man. Some, sometimes so it's not, so not even just okay. a knock on that person. Number one, number one on your big board, Richard Figueroa. Let's do this right now. And in four years or five years, I'm coming one back time. on the daring show, and we're going to talk about whether you're underperformed or over. Give me the exact expectation of Richard champion. Figueroa. One-time NCAA champion. How many time All-American? Mm. Tough question because he might not start his first year. Uh, I know. I'm debating between three and four. Three. Three. I'm between two and three. Okay. Will he make a senior world team? Yes. Ooh. No. No. Well, 50, at 57, if he can remain a 57-kilo guy in, say, seven yes. years, six years. Says, no, that's fine. We who, can disagree. Who else? I mean. We can disagree. There's, senior world team? Listen, Spencer. Yeah. Spencer's not going anywhere, guys. Well, he's his got his time's else. coming. Vito Arujo? That's a 57 for life. Okay, so listen, listen. I just very, very easily, I got you guys to admit that you had expectations of what Richard Figueroa was doing. Very, very specific ones. Very specific ones. So then if we rewind the show five years from now, I can say, here's what JD, here's, and you guys could tell me, you know what, Ben, I didn't have enough time to prepare to give you that answer, and that's fair. I did kind of put you guys on the spot, in all fairness. But you have expectations. They're good. Someone is going to be above or below them, and we should be able to say that without feeling bad about it. I don't feel bad. No, I, feel I, I agree. That's not what we're arguing. I call you both for stalling. Stalling, stalling, stalling. I answered all your questions um, in a very timely fashion. You're just being you're just No, being you were definitely stalling the first time. Belligerent! Yeah, you're belligerent. Belligerent Ben. Belligerent you're over the ben. line. Listen, the way you're talking to my man, you know, it's got me a little concerned for your long-term um, 
you know, future here, Ben. I, I just didn't like it that we're trying to act like we can't have expectations of people. And no one has said that. You're all those people. Yourself. No one said no, that. JD said that. JD what said what that. are your expectations right. of I'm, Richie Figueroa? Put your expectations. Um, yeah, you know what? I I don't actually feel like he'll win an NCAA title. I, I'm thinking – I think couple-time All-American is where I kind of see him at. I was uh, – I was a little bit put off by a couple of his, you know, he did end up beating Drake Ella at, ju- at juniors, but I was kind of put off by the effort in his performances. And so, you know, obviously skill-wise, he has the skills to do it. But at the college level, if you're not willing to put the effort in, people are going to get better than you. It's, it's really that simple. And I, I didn't like the amount of effort I saw in a couple of those matches. So now there, boom, there's my expectation. If he proves me wrong, he overperforms. If he proves me right, uh, he's there, and listen. If he doesn't ever make the starting lineup, then he underperforms. It's easy to say. Boom roasted. All right. Um, we'll do one more question, I think, and then we then we go. Actually, two more. If okay. we use Russia's way of determining an Olympic team, do you think they would have given Cox and Suriano a chance at a different tournament to make the team? Yes. Even Jaden. Russia? Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Well, Russia would have been having like Russia would have been having twenty six, sixteen. Chikayev missed weight, and they basically just said he made weight. That was a thing. I mean, I feel like Russia would have been having these dudes wrestle at camp, and so they they knew what the actual result was. And then if they didn't get the one that they wanted, they would have had them go somewhere else to try to get the one that they wanted. When has that happened? When has what happened? That. That scenario where they didn't get uh, well, what they I wanted. I don't have proof of them wrestling at camp, but uh, the one year who did the who was the fifty seven? A little they, bit with heavyweight this year. Well, what about where they um, didn't they declared the team and then they said after Russian nationals and they kind of said, but heavyweight could still change. It didn't. Who was the yeah Lebedev? Right, Lebedev was the one they screwed. That was or Lebedev was, was one they screwed on. He won team. trials. He won trials. He did no, win trials. But that's also different because his father owns Diamond Mind. They. In law, father in law. Excuse me. Uh, well, there was there was a couple situations. I'm not remembering remember the exact details of them. Um, and then even I want to say Satiev in 2008. Um, I want to say Mertzaliev beat him, or maybe um, Sargush beat him, or someone like that. And they kept having them wrestle till they put him on the team because they wanted him to win his third Olympic title. Right. Um, so that, that it, it absolutely has happened. I mean, you just went back to 2008. It's 2021. I mean, well, I don't, I don't stop. I'm not. It's, it's I'm far not, from Iran does their process like Americans think Russians do their process. Yeah, I, that's my point. I think people have this uh, picture of how Russia picks their team. I, I don't think it's real. The guy um, who wins the nationals, I mean, the vast majority of the time makes the team. Okay, sometimes but, and, they do they something might where they be the best. Sometimes also. they'll declare someone like Sajalai. They'll say, Sajalai is on the team. Deal with it. And that, that I would say, is a huge difference from how we do it. But that is not giving a guy um, – They would never do that to a weight necessarily up in the air. Yeah. They would never do that to, to Kyle Snyder. They would never say, yeah, you're on the team no matter what, especially with Jaden Cox there. But I think if the guy doesn't – Now, here's where I think. I think – No, but I'm saying like Russia doesn't do that at – Weights like eighty six and like one twenty five. Do you know what I think happens if with the Jaden situation? If it's in Russia, I think he 
made weight. He just made weight at that yes. time. He made he weight six like, minutes late. But eh, it's, it's close. It's, it's no problem. He not wrestled till tonight. We see Jaden. We see Kyle. He's fine. And I think that's probably what they would have that's ended up doing. That's what happened with Chikaya, that one. Yeah. Um, I don't think – but I I don't think they would uh, just – okay, he didn't show up or he didn't wrestle at this thing and now you've got a guy like Kyle Snyder, they but we're going to make them wrestle. They also would be testing Seriano before Russian Nationals for COVID. Yeah, they wouldn't be testing him. Why are you testing yes. a great athlete? He's fine. Or if they would test him and then they would have made that test disappear if it didn't show what they wanted. Look at Nick's six-pack. He is not strong. He's not sick. He's ready to wrestle. Um, but they don't do this. We have Gilman. No, they Soriano. do things like that to get their best possible team. Yeah, say look this way instead of that way. It's strategic. But um, the, I don't think they would have given just a special wrestle off elsewhere. Maybe, um, maybe so. Last question, Ben. Do you remember when you brought on David Taylor on the T Row and Funky Show, and he talked about the difference between Ohio and PA high school wrestling? Uh, I, I remember bringing him on. I don't remember specifically what he said. I, I believe he, I think we asked that question. And obviously Tommy wrestled in Ohio and Dave wrestled in Ohio and then was in college in Pennsylvania. But I, I think something about top bottom where, you know, PA is really good at top bottom. So they emphasize that more, but I don't remember exactly what he said. That was many years ago. All right. Well, that's that. I don't, I, I'm sure I'd listen to that show too, but I don't remember what he said. Thought you might. Um, uh, that's okay. What about what about Lefty Strat's question here? The truth is out there, and uh, oh, yeah. about uh, Kyle Dake. Several in the, the, the article says several tools that can employ right now to slow down and in some cases reverse the clock. But I also listened to oh my gosh, who did I listen to? Um, one of my friends recommended it. It was someone on it was someone on Rogan. Um, no, I know I know who sent it to me. I can go look him up. Anyways, he is creating a cheek swab where you can swab your cheek. And you send it in, and it will give you your biological age. So this is pretty simple. We can just do this to Kyle Dick and see if he's getting younger and if he's telling us the truth or not. We can well, do that, but we would have to compare his biological age from like yeah, a year ago. Doing, yeah, we, we would do, do it moving forward. Okay, that would be yeah, fun. Because if he's getting younger, uh, um, let's see. It was David. The guy's name is David Sinclair. He was on both Lex Friedman and Joe Rogan, and he talks about different tactics in reducing your biological age. Uh, and increasing your cellular function. So it was very interesting stuff. Uh, and I'm just, honestly kind of motivated me. Maybe I'm going to start getting tested so I can start getting younger like Kyle Dake. Um, no reason not to feel good, be young. And uh, maybe if I, redu- if I reverse my age enough, I can wrestle another match or something. There you go. Lex Friedman and Joe Rogan, both frequent attenders of Flow Grappling events. Who's number one? Oh, Lex Friedman and- lives in Austin? Yeah, he c- he's come oh. to the last three or four. He's been there. He's a really good Joe. jiu-jitsu guy. Correct. He's like a black belt, pretty sure. Yeah, I heard he's high level. Yeah, he's he's pretty jacked too. Is he? He's, he's a strong looking dude. Nice, nice. Okay. Um. Well, with that, let's let's get the heck out of here. Um. Actually, let's get some Odaguru close horse, out with some horse, horse, horse training. training footage. Oh God, um, this is important, important stuff. <laughs> so, which one's Odaguru? Is that him get, get on the left? To, on the left. They're gonna they're racing the horse up the hill. It looks that way. Now, is it like a I golf? Is it like a fairway looking thing? Who knows? Who knows what it is? So he's training racing horses to determine his speed. And there's a lot of people asking about Ollie. Here he is. Oh my gosh! That's him. Uh, <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's been at the UEFA Championships, uh, rooting for Team Switzerland 
Uh, he's a big Swiss soccer fan. I know he's Italian, and this doesn't make sense, but that's where he's been. Uh, so for all wow. of you asking about him, uh, let him live. You know? That's funny. All right, with that, let's get out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. we got special guest, compliance officer from Oklahoma State. I should learn his name. This is a person with a name. I haven't said it yet. I'll get his name. We need to get some good questions for him, That's my promise to you. I will learn this man's name. I'll promise nothing else, but I'll learn this man's name. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you guys have a great Tuesday. Thanks for listening. See you later. Bye.